Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for gathering us together one more time to listen to what the Spirit has to say to the churches. My Father, don't let me speak anything that I'm not supposed to speak, but let this word go forth and be planted in the heart of everyone that is available, that is here, that is present in this building and on the phone, my God. Let this word be planted upon good soil, my God, upon the land of the hearts that we may bring forth a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So today we're gonna to be talking about the fig tree that Jesus cursed, and I'm gonna give you a little bit of rundown about, and it says, verse 11, and Jesus entered into Jerusalem, into the temple, and when he had looked round about upon all things, now I wanna take a little time to recap a little bit, that he first called Abraham, and he said, you want you to leave your kindred and everybody behind, and he gave him a promise later on of a promised child, Isaac. But in the process of time, they kind of tried to hurry up the things and they had this son called Ishmael. And Ishmael was not the promised child. Ishmael was a desire of the flesh to try to help the promise in which things never works. So God, later on, they got, Ishmael got kicked out because Sarah said he's not gonna be part of the inheritance of the promise of God, which leads me to say that your flesh cannot be a part of the spiritual blessings that God has for you. So if we walk in the flesh, we're gonna of the flesh reap. But if we walk in the spirit, we will of the spirit reap. We cannot try to let the flesh be a part of the, of the power and of the gifts that God has in the spirit. So the flesh needs to be cast out. And that's what happens when we get baptized. We crucify the old flesh and we are born again in the spirit so that we can receive the spiritual promises of God. We can have the spiritual blessings. We can walk and be with Jesus in heavenly places when we cast out the flesh. We can't hold both of them together. And Jesus was in this time before he was born, God had given them the, the commandments and he wrote them on stones, trying to show the children of Israel that they have to have a savior. They cannot do things on their own. So they couldn't keep the commandments. They tried, but it, it, it was not working. And the Bible says that death reigned from Adam until Moses. Death was conquering everything. Everything was 
done by death. We were all sinned. We were all doomed. We were all, Adam ate of the tree and we were done. It was over with. But God loved us so much. He said, I will not suffer no more to come upon you than you're able to bear, but we'll make a way for you to escape. He made a way for us to escape that bondage through Jesus Christ, his son. So then now fast forwarding, Jesus is looking just like the children of Israel when they were going to conquer this land, they sent out spies and the spies went and they looked and they searched the land and they brought up the fruit of the land, but they had an evil report. There was too much. The people were too big and we were as grasshoppers in our own eyes. And they came up with this evil report except for two people, but they ended up not going. Now, the reason they didn't go to the promised land, it wasn't because they were bad. It was because of unbelief. So many times we believe that God can do something, but when the situation gets here, we don't believe he will. We preach and we pray and we tell people, oh, God is a mighty God. He can do all things. But then when we face a trial or a tribulation, we begin to go look for help other places because we don't believe that God will actually do it and we don't give him the time to do it. We're in a hurry. So the children of Israel, they didn't make it in because of unbelief. But Jesus was spying out the land when he got here. He was looking. When Jesus was born, he started spying out the land when he was 12 years old. He stayed behind his parents in the temple asking questions to the doctors and the lawyers and he was spying out the land. This is the land that my father told me to come and to get, to reconcile back to him. So he was checking it out. At the age of 30, he went to preach. Who has faith? Who don't have faith? And he sees this young lady and, and she comes to him and he, she says, will you have mercy on me and on my daughter for she is tormented. And Jesus told her, you know what is not me to give the bread, the children's bread to the dogs. That lady was not even part of the promised land, but she was God's creation. Just like you and I, we were not born children of God. We were born in sin, but because of Jesus Christ, we are who we are today. But she told Jesus something. She said, well, that's true. Israelites don't have faith. The children that were called for the kingdom of God, they don't have faith like the world does. And he said they're going to come from the east and from the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the children of the kingdom are going to get cast out. Jesus went up into the mountain and he was transfigured. And when he came down, they were talking with the rest of his disciples and this man fell at his feet and said, Lord, my son is tormented, but could you heal him? And the man said, I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't heal him. And Jesus said, bring him to me. And then later on, after he heals the child, he says to his disciples, say, how come we couldn't do it? He says, because of your unbelief. Nevertheless, this kind comes out by nothing but fasting and praying. The problem today that the churches have is that we don't spend enough time fasting and praying. We don't spend enough time in the word of God. We don't spend enough time on our knees. We're too busy trying to make money outside and trying to provide for ourselves in which if we would have just a little bit more faith and know that God will supply our every need and we get on our knees, he would start doing his miracles again. Jesus said that when he was in Jerusalem and, and, and with the children of Israel, that's where he did the least 
amount of his miracles. When he wasn't everywhere else, he healed the sick, raised the dead, cleansed the leper. He did many mighty miracles. But when he was with his own people, the Bible says he couldn't do many miracles because of their unbelief. There's a, 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 the word belief that I want to touch on a little bit. Unbelief leads to disobedience. And when you are disobedient, it's like you're working witchcraft. So when you are disobedient, you're in the firing line of God because you are like you're practicing witchcraft with devils when you are a disobedient person. Now let me show you a little bit about unbelief. Unbelief does covers a lot of ground, but one of the ways the devil sneaks unbelief in even to this day is when you read the Bible and you come across something and the, the flesh is always enmity with God. It never agrees with God. It doesn't want to. So the first thing the devil does is say, well, times changed. People changed. That was then. This is now. You don't have to believe that. Be it, that that's written like that. But that's not what it means. And instead of us going to other scriptures and looking to make sure that that's not what it means, we kind of put the Bible aside and we go to other books to try to satisfy our unbelief that this is not what it means. And at the end of the day, we're believing a whole lie. And then we come to church and God doesn't work many miracles because nobody is believing. Now, when we read the word of God and it says what it says and we believe it with all of our hearts and we search the scriptures to find more answers because we think it believes or we think it means this and we spend our time searching to prove it right instead of proving it wrong. That's when God begins to do his miracles because we do believe. After Jesus got done searching Jerusalem, he looked round about on all things. He was spying out the land, who believed, who didn't believe. He told his disciples, can you drink of the cup that I drink of? And be baptized with the baptism that I baptized with? They said, yes, we can. And you know what? He said, yes, you can. You can. I came to show you how to do it. You can do it. But to sit on my right hand and on my left, that's not up to me. That's another problem that goes on in the churches is that people want to have a position that they've not called for. But let me tell you about being fruitful. The Bible says that God gives seed to the sower. So no matter how it looks like when you're in the church, when you're in the church and you say, well, I want to be the drum player, I want to be the guitar player, it should be me playing the saxophone because I could do a better job than that person or I could preach better than the preacher. So I'm the one that should be up there. When you begin to start doing that, you are in unbelief of what God has called you to do. David said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to be out there in the world. So when you are in the church and we are the congregation, we are the church that God is coming back for. When we feel like we're just sitting there, if we are praying, that is what we need to do. If we are just the ones that are vacuuming the floor, when God sees that you are doing it with all of your heart and you are, he gave you seed and it's just a, to vacuum the floor. So I'm going to vacuum it with everything that I have. He said, I give seed to the sower. When he sees that, he gives you more. But he's not going to give you more if you're not ready to use it. What did he say about the talents? He said he gave one five, the other one two, and the other one one according to their several ability. He's not going to give you more than you're going to use. He's not going to give you more than you can handle. 
neither in temptations or in spirituality gifts. He's not going to give you what you can handle. But when he sees that you are faithful over little, he will make you ruler over much. There's some people that just sit in church and they feel like they're not doing anything because they're just a member. Well, that, those presents do a lot. How do you think a preacher feels to stand up and preach and he's the only one in the church? It doesn't feel the same. I've done it, but it sure don't feel the same. But it feels so much better when you have a congregation. So your presence is part of the seed that God gave you. And when he sees that you use what he gave you, if it's not but the ability to walk through the door, you use it, he'll give you more. Let us not be fruitless. Let us not be that fig tree. When we read on, it says on verse 12, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. That's all he found. The Bible says for the time of figs was not yet. There wasn't even time for that tree to have figs yet. But I want you to understand that there's a, side, a time to sow and a time to reap. And sometimes when God blesses us, we need to store that blessing. If he forgives you, you need to store that forgiveness. And when you see somebody else, you need to also forgive those people. When he blesses you and loves you, you need to love others. When he cares for you, you need to care for others. You might not need forgiveness every day. Hopefully we get to that place where we won't need forgiveness every day for all the things that we do wrong. But we need to remember where that forgiveness came from. He said, go to the app, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Who gathers her uh, food in season. Sometimes you're not going to gather. But if you store it up, you will always have enough to give. If you always remember where God has brought you from, you will always be able to give to everybody else. Your presence sitting there might feel like nothing to you, but it sure feels like a lot to me. What God has given us, we need to use it. For the edification of the body of Christ. And when he sees that we use it with all that we have, he gives more. We don't want to be that church that God says, you know what? They're shouting. They're dancing. They play good music. They are singing. They are loud. I mean, they grab the microphone and they scream and they shout. But when he sends his people, what is he going to see when he moves the leaves? There's no charity in that church. They don't have charity. They don't love. They don't forgive each other. They talk about each other behind their backs. Is that what he's going to see when he sends his people to be fed because the outside looks good? Jesus didn't look good on the outside. The Bible says that you could see his bones. He was so skinny from fasting and praying and carrying on all of our sin and shame. He looked like he was cursed. But let me tell you about that fruit that he was carrying. That outside tree probably didn't look like it had not one leaf on it. But the only thing that tree was carrying was straight fruit. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cleansed the leper. He fed 5,000 men besides women and children. He had the fruit that you and I are supposed to have. And he told us, he said, go and preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. Freely you have received. Freely give. 
if these people walk in our church and they leave out the same way they came in, we are doing something wrong. We are that tree that looks good, but there's no fruit on it. When they come and they do what the Bible says, call for the elders of the church and have them anoint you and pray over you. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord will raise them up if they walk in here and they come and they kneel down and they say, Alan, I'm sick. Will you pray for me? And I say, uh, the hospital's right there. That's not what God wants to hear. Those people are supposed to come and get healed. There's people are supposed to get healed. And it's not just about physical healing either. It's about spirituality healing. There's so many people that are walking around healthy and spiritually sick, bound. The Bible talks about a young lady. She had been in, in, with the spirit of infirmity for 18 years. She was bowed down and could not even stand up straight. And Jesus said, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. There's people that are on drugs. There's people that are on, on alcohol. There's people that are stuck in their ways and cannot be freed. They're supposed to walk in this church and leave out free. We're supposed to be able to say thou art loosed from your addictions, from your infirmities, from anything. When they're confused, they're supposed to walk out of here with wisdom. When they're hurt from the devil beating them down, they're supposed to walk out of here bandaged and they're an oil pouring on their oil on their wounds. They're not supposed to leave here the same. If they do, then we are that church that just has leaves and no fruit. When you go outside and you see a fruit tree and you see that it's full of fruit, what does it do? It pushes all those leaves aside and the fruit comes out and you can see the fruit. You don't look at the leaves. You see the fruit. That's when Jesus says, you know the tree by the leaves that it has. That's not what it says. You know the tree by the fruit that it bears. When people see a child, they're supposed to know there's something different about those people. They are a peculiar people. There's something different. They're supposed to want to be like a Christian because of the love that we're supposed to carry. The compassion, the forgiveness, they're supposed to want that. If they see us and they say, what's the difference between you and the world? You got problems. There's something wrong. We don't want to be that fruitless tree. We don't want to look good and not be good. We want Jesus to be able to eat all that he wants to eat. It's an open buffet. We have cooks. We have the gift of healing. We have prophecy. We have in speaking in tongues, the interpretation of tongues. Jesus, whatever you're hungry for, you can have. That's what we're supposed to be like. That's what we need to be like. And it all comes down to it by fasting and praying, by believing every word that is written, not watering down the truth, not trying to look for a reason to, okay, well, I don't want it to say that, so I'm gonna look for ways to prove and people will believe it too. And then by the time you get done looking to satisfy your flesh, you'll find, you will find a lot of people that think the same thing, but that's when you know that broad is the way that leads into destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to life. Saints, let us not be fruitless. Let us bear forth fruit, love, the fruits of the Spirit, love, peace, joy, happiness, in the Holy Ghost, forgiving each other, loving each other, talking good about each other. Our conversations need to always be seasoned with song. All of our conversations. 
And then we will see that Jesus does his mighty works in his house when all of his children believe. This last one that I want to leave you guys with is in Matthew, the third chapter and the 10th verse. And it says, Now know also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Jesus told the fig tree, he said, Let no man eat fruit from thee forevermore or from henceforth. One of them. And that tree died from the roots. It was withered up. It was no more. You couldn't use it. It was good for nothing. And the axe is laid at the root of all of our trees. And if Jesus keeps looking down and doesn't see fruit, you know what's going to happen. Get them out of the way. They're converting the ground for no reason. They're fruitless. But when he looks down and he sees all of his children bearing forth fruit, mine might not be that big, but as long as there's one and somebody can eat, then that's all that matters. Let them eat and it will be good fruit. When he sees that, then he prunes the tree so that it can bring forth more and more and more, even a hundredfold. That's what we want to happen. That's where we need to be in life when Jesus begins to prune us because we are bringing forth fruit that he can eat and feed all of his other children. Then we will see his mighty works be done in the church. Then when people come in drunks and alcoholics and drug addicts and all of these things, they can leave out a different person. They will be able to say there is a God in Israel. If you go to that church, you won't be the same. You can get fed. So, saints, let's, let's be that tree that brings forth fruit. Let's be that tree that we might not look good on the outside. But when they taste that fruit, they'll come back for seconds. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Pastor Rob will return the service back over to you. God that you have heard and received with an open heart. To live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership or to join visit us on anchor to become a listener supporter may god bless you may he keep you may he shine his face always upon you and may he forever keep you